Welcome to the United We Scan podcast, the podcast by rural carriers for rural carriers. The views expressed in this podcast do not reflect the views or opinions of the United States Postal Service or the National Rural Letter Carriers Association. We ask that you please consult your assigned union representative for guidance in your local area. Make sure you like this podcast, share with your fellow rural carriers, and subscribe to be notified each time a new episode is uploaded. Please rate this podcast five stars where applicable and leave a comment or question for us below. Thank you. Now, here are the hosts of the United We Scan podcast. Postcon and mini mail survey. Just okay. just a reminder to all the fans that are listening in the live chat, this is our opinion, our opinion only. The views expressed in this podcast do not reflect the views, opinions, or strategies of the United States Postal Service or the National Rural Letter Carriers Association. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Episode 36, we are post-convention. We will be talking some about our experiences over the past week. And then we'll move into some mini mail survey stuff that will be coming up starting Friday. So, for the one person who didn't make it to convention, how was your week, Josh? Um, my week was good. Um, a little boring because even though I had a laundry list of things I wanted or needed to get accomplished. I think I have one thing crossed off, and that's only 50%. So you wasted your so, time all week. Okay. Yep. And, um, but I can't imagine how you guys are feeling like Friday. Or just the waiting in between hearing the election results from on Facebook and you guys updating. The anticipation was just getting to me. But luckily this week is a short week. I planned when I put in, I planned to not be home until last night. So I took tomorrow off also. This is you know, this is gonna be a short week. So I put in to be off Monday, expecting not coming to get home until later last night or today. Work Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm off Thursday, go work Friday, and then I'm off next Saturday for me and my wife to go do something that we planned on doing. All right, I'm going to move on to our first timer, James. But first, let me tell you about my week. I did not run this year. I was not a delegate. Um, I only made it up. I By the end of convention, I was still two down in the alternate list. But... Uh, I did campaign for Bill. I walked caucus with him. It was uh, it was a good. I'm a, I don't know if I say it was a good convention, but every convention is good in its own ways. Uh, elections could have gone a little better, but you know, we're gonna put it that way. But uh, go ahead, J James, since this was your first convention ever, why don't you give us a quick rundown of your week? So I got up into Grand Rapids on Sunday because I live in Michigan. It was not that far of a drive, but I knew I wanted to be in there to be ready to start things on Monday and uh, got to run into Kristen and Bill when I got there. 
and ran into some fans of the podcast. They're like, I recognize that voice. And it's Kristen's voice they were recognizing. The only female on the podcast, of course. <laughs> but we always welcome more if people want to join in with us. We don't we don't discriminate. But um, that was quite interesting. I'm not used to people going, I know you. I've, I've listened to you. I've heard you and things like that. It was really an amazing experience. Uh, Monday, of course, was the start of all the proceedings. And getting signed in and things like that. And you start the whole process through that. Of course, Tuesday was the most fun I had at the convention, which was when Mr. Postmaster Louis DeJoy got on stage and blew smoke up to everybody's backside about his plans to move a bunch of carriers to the PDNC, as well as mail volume being down, how he wants to increase package volume for the Postal Service and things like that. And then he opened it up to questions. And that was his mistake. The first person asked him a question, and I was the second up. And my question to him was, you talk about spreadsheets and things like that, so why don't you explain to me how you're saving money by taking one truck off the road and pulling all these LLVs into these PD&Cs, which is going to increase fuel cost and wear and tear on the vehicles. And then how are you going to compensate the carriers who have to do 48 miles an hour from the PD&C to the start of their route when they're on roads that are 25 and 35 miles an hour, most of the way back to their normal route? And he couldn't answer that question. He kind of went into a non-answer style, uh, nonsensical commentary about it. And then more and more carriers kept laying into him about how he's not right and how carriers don't trust management. And eventually it got to the point where he called carriers liars and stormed off the stage like a child and then later had to issue a, basically a written policy that's not an apology. And it was just a big mess, but it was hilarious to watch our postmaster general storm off the stage like a little child. But uh, then Wednesday, it got a little more interesting. And then Thursday we had caucus, and I decided that I wasn't going to let a lot of positions run unopposed. So I decided to be, I don't know, C or Dellum or whatever, but I decided to step up and run for director of steward operations because I believed that that position is the most vital to the union as a whole. And with all the fans we have backing, I figured that helping the steward system to help our carriers would be the best option. And so I had to go around to all the caucuses, great questions by the people who asked them after I got done with my speeches. Of course, the hardest caucus you can ever go in front of is your own state because those people know you the best. And But overall, it was really nice to actually get those questions and answer the questions. And I really didn't have to think of the answers because it's a lot easier to just stand there and tell the truth than it is to try and come up with a lie and a lot of the questions were the same across all the caucuses. So that means either one of two things. They either all had the same questions or they were trying to see if I'd give a different answer in each caucus. So I'd rather just tell the truth than uh, try and BS my way through it. So overall, that was nice. And then Friday, Thursday, during the day, we were going through all the resolutions that come through the states. And Friday, the same, as well as voting. And I was impressed to receive 124 votes out of almost uh, 
it was 1152 total votes possible. So that means when I was up there and I was making my speeches to everybody, I convinced 123 people to vote for me because 124th vote was my own. <laughs> but that still means that even though I lost this election, a lot of a lot of people did believe in what I was saying, what I was, what my mission was and my passion was. So I really want to thank every single one of those people thanked me for stepping up to do that. So I really wanted to put that out there that they mean a lot. Also to give credit to Bill and Kristen here on the podcast for helping me learn all this stuff that I had to do, being it was my first time and I've never done it. And, um, you know, all the other people that had supported me through this whole process. So it was really nice to go through. And then after the events on Friday, I, uh, left Grand Rapids and came back home so I could, uh, the dream cruise on a Saturday and meet Jay Leno. That was really nice. So other than that, that was my week. Now Monday I go back to my route. All right, Bill. It's all yours. <laughs> Get ready, Bill, Chris. Bill, Bill, Bill. <laughs> um another interesting convention. You know, uh and James forgot to thank Google for knowing how to tie a tie. Uh, <laughs> uh, he looked spiffy in his outfit, you know, very nicely uh, presented himself. And hats off to James for walking caucus night on his own first time. And uh, I, I wasn't there, but I can tell you he answered every question as best as he could, intelligently, politely, respectfully. And uh, I'm so proud of you for stepping up on such short notice and doing a wonderful job. I got a, what was uh, her, Dawn was her name, Kristen? Mm -hmm, possibly. The, the one that helped us with the Rice Krispie bars and all? Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, I can't believe the, the support that Kristen just draws upon to help us do all we had to do for uh, caucus night manning the booze you know spreading the word i felt like a like a rock star because people recognized us so it's so easily by our voices you know i'm now known as the bill you're the bill <laughs> yes i am <laughs> and uh i you know just i love the support we got I'm, I'm i'm sorry it didn't translate into enough votes to win but um hey you know made a good showing and you know, several people said, you know, go for vice president or committeeman. Well, well, vice president, I didn't want to because Candace was running. And executive committee person, uh, it's just not my forte. You know, I, I'm an alpha. Uh, I, I need to be out front leading. Um, and I have to believe in the leaders above me to, to be, you know, an executive committee person, too. So, you know, I made the decision not to enter those races. And... Um, we had a, a good time working our asses off doing resolutions till 11 o'clock at night. You know, people, you know, oh, yeah, it's a big party. But we didn't let our hair down, figuratively for me, until uh, after caucus night was over. Then uh, the rest was in the hands of the delegates. So uh, I want to thank everybody that, that voted for us, you know, wished us well. And, uh, you know, next year's a new year. And, Maybe we can uh, finally get some change into effect after another two more mini mail surveys and MOUs and everything else that they're going to be throwing at us. 
Yeah. Plus we're going into contract negotiations. Yeah, that'll be interesting. But no, so, I'm I'm gonna give a quick rundown of the election votes, just so everybody's aware. Um, I have it here. I did. I ha- I had actually had a new experience. This was my fourth national. Like I said, uh, pre-show. I unfortunately did not get upgraded to a delegate this time around again. Let's hope I can garnish more votes next year to be a delegate. Uh, however. I I had the uh, the honor of going in and observing the uh, ballot counting for the president election. That is a side of convention I have never seen before, as I have not been involved in teller committees or anything like that in the past. I did get to go observe. Basically, what that means is you sit in a chair, you keep your mouth shut, and you just sit and watch. That's all you can do. And uh, but like I said, that was a totally different side of convention that I have never seen before. I did get to experience that. It is really hard to come back out and go back to your seat with a straight face. I am not a poker player. That is for sure. Um, So a quick rundown for those of you who may not have seen it on social media. If you're not involved, um, president election, uh, 1150 ballots were casted. You had to have a minimum of 576 to take the win. Uh, president, uh, 894 votes did go to Don Maston. Bill did get 251. There were four, five spoiled ballots. What a spo- or spoiled or illegal ballot means. Either it's blank, they wrote an incorrect name on there, um, more than one name, anything like that that is not a legal um, vote. You can't read it. Yeah, if you can't read it, you know, you you make smiley faces on there, you write on it, other outside of, yeah, that's, or nothing at all. Vice president was 1,152 ballots, uh, had to have 577 to win. There were three illegal ballots for the vice president position. 865 votes went to Patrick Pitts. And 284 to Candace Priest. Secretary, Treasurer, and Department of Labor Operations went unopposed. So they were uh, unanimously in at the gavel, at the podium there. Steward Operations, 1,152 were casted. He needed a 577 to win. There were four illegal ballots. 1,024 for Shirley Baffa, and 124 for James, our very own. Executive committee men, because you do get a few extra ones in there, um, those tend to take a couple votes. The first round was 1,150 votes casted. You needed 576 to win. There were two illegals. Uh, at that point, it went back up because the most votes were garnered were 381 and so that was nick uh kirby ricketts had the 381 nikki phillips 380 mike marola 141 todd floyd 178 and candace priest 68 candace and mike then uh dropped out for the next round and then for the second round again it was 1152 you needed 577 
We had Kirby with 556, Nikki with 453, and Todd with 141. At that point, Todd withdrew, so it was down to Kirby and Nikki. 1152, one illegal ballot. 577 needed a win. Kirby with 697, Nikki with 454. And because Patrick Pitts had a one year unexpired term, when he accepted the uh, won the presidential election, he then resigned. So that opened up a one-year executive committeeman position, unexpired term. Nikki Phillips, Mike Marola, Todd Floyd, and Monty Hartshorn names then went in. So for the first round, we had 1152, 577 needed, four illegal ballots. Nikki had 562, Mike had 229, Monty 78, and Todd or tied Todd, excuse me, 279. Excuse me, Monty had 78, okay. And so then we went to a second vote. 1150 were casted. There was absolutely no illegal ballots in this one. Needed 576 to win. Nikki had 730, Mike had 169, and Todd had 251. So Nikki went back to the, Nikki uh, was elected to that one year unexpired term. So our brand new person on the board for this year was uh, Mr. Kirby Ricketts um, as a four-year executive committeeman. So and that's just, your election. Go just ahead, to Bill. correct you, it was uh, Patrick Spitz was for vice president, not president. Yeah, I thought I said vice president at the beginning. Oh, you said presidential position. Yeah. Okay. Excuse me, Patrick Pitts, vice president. When he was elected vice president, he had the one-year unexpired executive committee position, which then went up for election. I, I stand corrected. I'm sorry. Supposed well, to be we, we don't want to get any more fan mail. <laughs> and as we say, we correct our mistakes. Yes. So as it stands for our 2023 executive national board this year, we have Don Mastin as president. Vice President Patrick Pitts, Secretary Treasurer Tommy Turner, Director of Labor Relations is Bridget Boziak, Director of Steward Operations Shirley Baffa, our Executive Committeeman, our new one is Kirby Ricketts, and Nikki Phillips stepped uh, one for the one year unexpired term. And then, of course, we still have Jeanette Dwyer and uh, John Adams that are still serving uh, their. Unexpired terms because executive committeemen are four year terms revolving. So we will have an election next year. Two X was it? No. Yeah, just the one for the one year unexpired term that Nikki Phillips is filling this year. All right. Any other national convention speak you guys want to talk about? We had some good yeah. resolutions go through. I do know everything about the uh, anything dealing with RCAs, they voted in as a grouping, though some of them I probably would have objected to if I could have. Um, but they were, again, non-binding resolutions are pretty much a wish list. They're advisory in nature of what we would like to see in contract negotiations. Yeah, I will, I will say this about the people that were there, there are a lot of very, very passionate people that were there and they stood up to the mic. They spoke their mind and made sure that when we were voting about resolutions that were objected to, 
they had their chance to speak. A lot of times they would actually extend the time because you only get a specific amount of time to speak about each resolution until somebody asks for an extension of that time. And I believe the longest time we talked about a resolution was actually 12 minutes. I wasn't keeping yeah. that track of time, so. Oh, yeah, I, disagree. They, they, I, I disagree. We spent at least 20 minutes on the golf resolution. Oh, oh yeah, and then it came That's back true. up under new business, or unfinished That's business, true. excuse me. It was yeah, tabled we were, to unfinished business. Yeah, we were discussing that. A lot of people think that the NRLCA actually pays for the golf tournament, and they don't. But they wanted to put a resolution forward that the person running the golf tournament would at least have their um, incidentals covered like their room for the days preceding the golf convention so they could come in, set it up and all that stuff. Um, but a lot of the golfers actually said, if you want to do that, we'll pay more to go to the golf tournament. So they hey, could all- in turn cover it if they wanted to with just the fees that they charge for you to actually attend the golf tournament but those that i mean like i said we've seen it all over the social webs the golf tournament is technically not part of the convention it is separate it's just a way that everybody comes together to hang out play some golf before convention actually starts and it's your own choosing on whether or not you want to do it or not and, and on and a personal not- note, I don't want anybody disparaging our new president who said he had nothing to do with the golf tournament and then came back three minutes later to say, well, okay, I do sign the contract. Yes, no, they have no. to, they, but they have to do that for legal reasons because the golf tournament does use the NRLCA logo. And in order to be able to use the logo, you have to have the permission of the national board. Yes, so I don't want anybody disparaging him, okay? And, and on top of that, he's our president now to support him. Yes, we need we need we need our entire union to be unified as we go into contract negotiations. That's the most important thing we're going into right now. That's the thing we need to focus on. We need to make sure that the people that we voted into these positions have our best interests in mind. And we need to watch. We need to ensure that they are doing the things that they promised us to do when they went through caucus and make sure that they do the things they promised to do when they took the position. That is what we need to do right now. We need to be supportive of them and we need to make sure that we get the best damn contract we ever can get, especially after everybody else has gotten them. Because if they don't give us the best damn contract we could possibly get, we're gonna lose a lot of people to UPS, UAW and the other unions. So we need to we need to come together and make a concerted effort to support the rural craft. Well, can I say something about Facebook after the uh, convention that may or may not be to your liking? Go for it. Okay. Let's hear it, and we'll decide. Well, let's see, I, I stopped at like 681, but uh, a lot of people say, oh, great, now I can quit the union with a clear conscience. And that's the worst thing you can do. You know? Well, that's no, the worst thing yeah. you can do. You're taking away your voice. You're taking away your voice. You're taking away your vote. That is That is the biggest problem in this union. 
overall. The biggest problem in this union is people not using the voice they have available to them. The, the number of delegates that got voted into this office with less than 10% of delegate ballots returned is the problem. We need participation. We need people voting. We need people actively engaged. Yes, you may not be able to go to national convention. You may not be able to afford to go. I'm on table two. I, I could barely afford to go. If it wasn't for people helping me go to, go to national convention, I probably wouldn't have been able to afford to go. But, um, um, and then we have an I'm RCA. An RCA. <laughs> yeah, we have an RCA right here who wasn't elected a delegate, is not going to get the partial compensation that the union gives for going to this event, went to this event on her own dime to participate. And I know there's offices that don't have enough help for that. But the thing about it is, is we do have Article 24 in our, in our contract that says that management must make every effort to cover your route for union business. The convention is one of those things that Article 24 applies to. And the way it has to happen is they have to find coverage for you, whether it be an RCA in your office, an RCA in another office, or even the postmaster themselves running your route. And I understand with the mini mail, with the rec system, that having a postmaster run a route is not the smartest thing in the world to do. But that's another option that could cover your route to go to these events. You can't just mail it in. Haha, <laughs> sorry. But you have to not just sit there and go, the union's not working for me. Well, you are the union. You get the ballot in the mail. You need to vote for that person that you feel will vote your way. You know, you get arguments all the time on Facebook about retirees going to these events. And I met with quite a few retirees who actually are behind our current carriers on the road. They're actually up there going through these resolutions and figuring out which ones will and will not work. They're actually creating rooms where they actually get carriers together, retired, non-retired carriers together, and they discuss these resolutions and they actually pick out which ones they want to object to and things like that. It is hard work. There, there were, I believe it was, um, was it Wild Bill puts on one in his room and they don't mm -hmm. stop until all the resolutions have gone through? They get through them all? Yep. Yeah. That's... Well, we, we sat down, what, two, three nights um, ourselves and going through the resolutions, going, no, I, yeah, yeah, we like this one, no, no, or this, you know, question mark, we'll let it hash out on the floor. I mean, we we didn't even get through all of them the three nights that we sat down and did those together. It really is a lot of work. And people just don't see that because, yeah, I get it. You see the pictures of the banquet. You see the pictures from the golf tournament. You see the pictures at break time when everybody's socializing. And, and after you've been on that convention floor for 8, 10, 12 hours sometimes or longer, depending on a Friday night and what's going on, it you know, you have to decompress. I mean, like I said, night after caucus, you know, we, once we got through caucus, it's like, okay, now, now we can relax. You know, that it just, it is a lot of work. It is a mental, mental overload. 
And especially, like I said, with James coming in as a first timer and not really knowing how it, you know, what to expect fully. And then diving right in and self nominating and and going through the really hard parts completely on his own. I do applaud him for that. Uh, I was in a similar situation last year. Fortunately, you know, Bill nominated me and I did get a member of uh, my state to walk with me. So I wasn't completely on my own. But still, you know, I basically threw myself I threw myself to the wolves last year. I I do I want to thank everybody that I talked to this week that uh I did have a booth to start with but um after you know my decisions to not run this year was basically wholly on family um as like I told everybody you know my daughter's entering her senior year I got to get her through school <laughs> and everybody understood that you know my family comes first so I said I walked off the floor while the PMG's talking to go take a phone call from my son so, yeah, you know, my family comes first to me first and foremost. So I took this year off of running. I had many. I did not keep track, but I know I had many. Some from every region, the people that I talked to, that asked me if I was going to be coming back next year and running. And that, and I want to, and if you guys are listening, I want to thank you. That meant the world to me. As of right now, more than likely I may. What position, I don't know yet. I still have time to think about that. It just all depends on where I'm at sitting family-wise when convention comes around next year and what I'm 100% going to do. I'll be at convention regardless if I'm a delegate or not, so I'll see you all there. It's definitely a week of work. One of the other things I saw on one of the Facebook posts is someone's like, yeah, I saw they posted pictures. Of the tournament, the banquet, the this, the that, and the seminars. And in some of them seminars, you could count on one hand how many people were in there. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you got to keep in mind, some of these seminars, for example, is the state editor's seminar. The, the state uh, I'm, 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 I'm sorry, the Josh. State were, you there? were you there this year, Josh? I went there, but I be, I was keeping up as best I could, and I did look through so, the program. I'm just saying what what there was for seminars, it was all optional extras, like TSP, then, retirement, legislation. And they may so, be optional, but they're useful. They're, they're useful, and the thing about it is, is they schedule them all at the same time. So... Like this year, you could go to the retirement seminar. Next year, you go to the TSP seminar. You know, that's the hard part. And then you also have your state chaplains. You have your legislative. You have your state presidents and things like that all going on at the same time, too. So it, it's very difficult to juggle what you want to attend at these conventions because they're trying to cram so much into a single week. And a lot of the information they give out, it would take actually two weeks to do. And especially the resolutions, if, they, if we only worked postal hours on the resolutions, we'd be there a week just doing that. Yeah, we'd still be there. <laughs> yeah, we'd still be there this coming week. And if, they, yeah, and if they allowed amendments to resolutions, we'd still be there. The only thing yeah. you can add, you can amend is constitutional amendments. Or, or, or if the maker... Or if the maker of the resolution finds a Scribner's error on what the Constitution Committee put up there. Yeah, 
that's Governor's errors completely. I had two I of those. To... Go ahead. I no. have a yellow card at, at microphone six. Yellow card at microphone six. <laughs> point of, can I? I have a point of personal privilege, please. Absolutely. Yeah, those two. Yeah. I'm sorry, May Delegate Pennsylvania. <laughs> no, that's uh, like me. I, I, I'm James from Texas, Missouri, Louisiana, Florida. Yeah. <laughs> At least according, according to Ronnie, I was from all those different states. Apparently, I mastered the mutual transfer in well, like, all these different at, states this first year. After, <laughs> after a certain point, he just goes running, running, running. <laughs> it was also Brennan but, in. Brennan uh, in. Don't forget yeah, that. Brennan, yeah, I forgot the Brennan in. Yeah, I forgot that one. But um, <laughs> this, this I, I, folks, I had uh, planned to be my last run at the presidential seat. And my wife said, if, you know, if I'm going to get involved next year, then I got to do all the uh, area conferences and then she'll be with me in Reno to give it one more try because, God, I hate quitting and I hate seeing what's happened to our craft. So I'll be running for president again next year. And the craft means that much to you. It does. I mean, I, you know, I could have left two years ago, no problem. And and I, I took one more year to take a run at it. And now that my wife's, you know, saying, you know, you can't quit now, then folks, I can't quit. It's not in me. And on top of that, you can't say no to your wife. Oh, I did once, but, you know, the black eye went down after three days. <laughs> I, I, I had it in my head all night and half through the day that, you know, I'm going to miss Bill next year. Bill, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Bill. You know, this, this whole week, if it wasn't for you, it would have been a lot harder for me overall. You and Kristen both together working nonstop to help me, even though you had your own campaign to run and Kristen was your campaign manager. You know, you guys, you guys were a great source of information and a shoulder to lean on when I needed it. And I really do appreciate that from both of you. I really do. Well, and I know I mentioned what... it in my, in my concession speech, but I wanted to put it out there on the air that Kristen and Bill did a lot for me behind the scenes that a lot of people didn't see when I was doing a lot of stuff supposedly by myself, I still had a support network there behind me, as well as the fans that kept coming up and, and talking with me and asking how I'm doing and how's it going and things like that. I really do. I want to give everybody my heartfelt thanks for that, you know, considering it was so much information overload for me in that. And people just kept me grounded, kept me down to earth in dealing with this whole situation. And I just really want to give them my thanks. And that's what we do. We, we support each other. We support our craft and we support the podcast and we support everybody who needs help. No matter what, this is what we're here for. This is what we do this on Sunday nights on our own time, our own expense, with no compensation because we care enough about everybody else besides ourselves. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know? And as, as a correction, Bill, it was Linda that helped us at the end with the uh, Rice Krispie Treats. And I want to give out a shout out to Ellie. Um, she's from my state. She made some keychains for us throughout the week for the podcast, which every time we put them on the table, they were gone within five, ten minutes. 
I do have some extras left. Um, I'll post them up on the Facebook page and possibly the group. Um, if anybody wants them, I'll have to count and see how many I got them. I'm just going to ask $5 to cover shipping for them. And I'll be happy to ship one out if you want a keychain. I'm going to try and set her up. I haven't decided if I'm going to do a Spotify or an Etsy with her. She also made me a tumbler. These tumblers are super cool. I'll get a picture up um, when I can later. They actually have a Bluetooth speaker that you can screw into the bottom of the tumbler. Perfect for work. If you want to listen to stuff out on the route, if you're in an LLV um, or whatever. I It's a little heavy, so I unscrewed the, uh, the speaker and just carried the uh, tumbler with me. I keep ice cold all day long. I was complaining because my ice wasn't melting, so I had to keep going out and refilling my water. Uh, I will post that. She is willing to do stuff for us, merch for us, um, for the podcast, uh, pretty much on an on-order basis. But I want to give a shout-out to her and say thank you very much. And again, to all the fans that were able to take the time. We had a lot of them. They are like, is it okay? I mean, it sounds kind of fangirl to take a picture with you. We had a lot of that, and uh, like I said, Bill and I walking out of the hotel uh, Sunday evening to go out and have a smoke, and we get stopped at the door. Bill, I, I know that voice. Is that the Bill? And we, we you know, or I, I, I know your voice. We, we did. Like I said, James was a little taken back at first, you know. It, but we did. We had a lot of people that stopped and talked to us and show their appreciation for what we do here. And again, we want to thank you and let you know that we all. We all appreciate every single one of you as well. Yeah, I'm so so taken aback by this is the fact of how how much um, negativity has surrounded the podcast that I've seen, and I probably just see the negativity because that's what I look for. But um, that I didn't expect so many fans to be at national convention, and that's a testament not only to the message that we put out, but it's also a testament to the people that listened and voted for delegates that would actually step up and come to convention and do the right thing when they came to convention, you know, and sitting there and listening to all the people and things like that about their concerns and stuff like that, especially after I decided to run for office, it was, some of it was heart wrenching. Some of it was, was disheartening in a lot of things. I talked with an ADR who's working over a hundred hours a week for their carriers and they're part-time they're a part-time adr working over 100 hours a week for the craft those people are the ones that deserve our applause those are the people that deserve our appreciation the most the ones that go out and fight for this craft day in and day out i said it in my speech when i was running for director of steward operations but the steward system is the backbone of this union they're the, the first face that carriers see of the union they're the ones that protect the carriers from this union and the stewards that are out there that are stepping up. I applaud every single one of you. You guys do a bang up job for very little recognition. And I want to give you the recognition here on this podcast. And on a side note, Kristen, you missed yourself a shameless plug when you were talking about that Bluetooth speaker on that cup. You could have said, and you can listen to the United We Scan podcast. On your Bluetooth speaker. You could have done that. Well, like did, well, you like know. Like I did I, in my concession speech. Like I did in the concession speech. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to suggest when the um, transcripts come out that you all 
if you already don't have uh, the mail-in to get a hard copy, that you go to the website and download the transcripts. <laughs> I think I might get a hard copy this year. You know, James, your concession speech, I, <laughs> I really wanted to jump up and applaud at the end, but I had some self-restraint, very much self-restraint, and I just kind of put my head down and shook it going... Oh God! Um. <laughs> I thank everybody that helped me through yes, this whole process, yes. especially yes, especially the ones that helped me do a lot more research, not just only on our union, but across the board on other items. So I had to thank them for that because they're the ones who helped me expand my knowledge. So I had to thank them, and that's the most important thing: is when when you are conceding. You have to thank the people that helped you get where you were today. Mm-hmm. And, and I have to say, while Kristen was dunking her head down, going, oh, my God, oh, my God, Bill was back in the Pennsylvania delegation holding his hands out going, that's big balls, James. I mean, they were <laughs> huge. He had a problem walking off the stage after that concession speech. I, and I mean, huge balls for saying what he did. And James, you can say you're welcome to say what you said. Yeah, you are, and, and you did it with class. I'll give you that. Yes. Um, I uh, now I want to say kudos to both Bill and James this year on a good run that they put in. You know, unfortunately, I didn't see any of James's caucuses as I was staring Bill from behind to keep him in line at each caucus. Mother hen. <laughs> mother hen. <laughs> Uh, Bill, could you have gotten to that caucus with that much grace without me there by your side? Oh, we, I, I might have had trouble. <laughs> oh, I would have had trouble, definitely, if you weren't there. Yeah, yeah you know. I, I was just, what ended up happening last year with SAC, that's where I was most worried for you. SAC went very well. Know? Yeah, SAC, SAC was, well, they had a different moderator. They were they were very okay. respectful and you know no, nothing down and dirty. It, they, you know they were upfront and and very personable. and it didn't hurt that Sack was our second caucus of the night. So and got, uh, yeah, <laughs> got it out of the way. Yeah, and, 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 and I will and, say this: there was no there was no undermining or attempting to. Um, throw somebody under the bus in the caucuses it was actually very very professional and i appreciate every single caucus that i went to and how they how they treated me with such respect as being somebody so fresh and so new you know it was one of those that you walk into the room and and you know that these people could turn around and just lambaste you if they wanted to and they didn't and they were very respectful and i really am appreciative of them for that and allowing me the time to speak in front of them for that as well now i'm going to mention the fun no no hold on josh i'm going to mention the funny of the night for caucus night (laughs) and and i scared about 50 people in in the room we went into this caucus and this Individual, individual individual in the back room. Thank you, Kristen, for curbing me. This individual in the back room asked me a question about my temperament and that the relationship between the union and the post office is like a marriage. 
well, in my mind, a marriage, you sleep with the person. So, you know, you don't want that kind of relationship with the post office. But then when they got done with the temperament, I turned around and I started out smoothly. And then I said, and I am sick and tired of people questioning my temperament. And I'm shouting this. I started out shouting and went on for 10 seconds. Who was it? Um, Sue Knapp was in the front row. She jumped so hard. <laughs> Kristen jumped and was so stunned she didn't know whether to tackle me or not and after i got done my little rant i just brought it right back to a speaking tone and took over the room then people started laughing but for those those 10 seconds those people didn't know whether the old bill was back or not <laughs> my throat was literally in my, my my stomach was literally in my throat at that moment i am sure there was a look of pure dread on my face even though i couldn't see it i could feel it and i'm going oh crap here we go. How are we going to get out of this? But then he brought it back and I was like, whew. <laughs> and, and it helped when people started laughing. Yes, yes. It, it definitely did. Cause then they saw what you did there yeah. and, you know, compared to previous years, as oh, we were walking out and after caucus, we, we got many pats on the backs and many great job. It's nice to see this side of you and not the angry man in quotes. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so we are going to come back even better and stronger next year, won't we, Bill? Please don't con con confuse my passion for anger. Absolutely. Honestly, I was going to say I'm glad you had... James, I'm glad you had such a good experience with this. I know last year there was one, a young lady that was running for a position. And a couple people told her she just needs to pack up and go home. She was there this year as a delegate. I know she came to Bill's booth and they talked briefly. Um, okay. She was there as a delegate. She wasn't running for anything, good. but she was there. Well, after last year, I didn't think she would, but no, she was. You there. never know. And and James was the guy from Georgia that came up to me to clarify my uh, position last year. Yeah, and, that that was interesting. Yeah. The guy. So I'll tell my side of that story, okay. and then you explain the conversation you had with him. So he comes up to me and and was talking with me because I'm running for position and Bill's running for position, and, and he's excited about what I'm talking about. And I say, and that's why I'm running for Bill. And he said, and I can't vote for Bill. And I said, why not? And he said, uh, it's because Bill said he doesn't support the union. He supports he support doesn't support the union. And I'm like, well, that doesn't really sound like Bill. And I said, well, I tell you what, go and talk with Bill, and then let me know how you feel about him after that, because I don't think you got the full message. And so he went and talked with Bill. And what did he ask you, Bill? He asked me if I supported the union and I, I explained to him, I says, I support the craft. I says, the union that I see is the board that doesn't truly represent the craft. I says, I wholeheartedly back the union. But the thing that is we had, and we had a 10 minute conversation and he, he's, he, he agreed with me. He says, I'm sorry. He says, I, I stopped listening after you said you didn't support the union. You did a great concession speech. You had the, a great the, concession speech. Yeah, the body, the body spoke. I lost fair and square. You know, and, and 
end of story. I mean, you know, I'm disappointed because like Kristen and James said, we were rock stars there. We had people taking pictures with us. I mean, I just didn't understand why the support didn't translate in the vote. So somebody explained to me and, you know, I questioned whether states still vote in blocks or not. And supposedly they don't, but we did have a question raised on the floor asked of Ronnie Stutz about, you know, state officers, you know, telling people, you know, how to vote. And, you know, I, I'm not sure that it really got resolved, but he kind of put it to bed. So, you know, well, the, I lost. The question, the question I, raised yeah. was on ballots that didn't have delegates assigned to them. Right. And the rules state that it is to be of a majority of the caucus. And most people are translating that into you have to tell the caucus who you're voting for in order to get that majority. But if they if the caucus was actually legitimate, the president would get all the votes together, count them out to who votes what and use it that way for the majority vote. That would be the proper way to do it. If they're doing it by raising your hand for a, a person or if they're doing it by any other means that reveals who you voted for, it shouldn't be done that way because it's supposed to be a private ballot. Right. So well, if that's how they're doing it, then that needs to change and they need to find a better way to do it. But if they're doing it in a proper and legitimate way of finding the majority vote, I'm all for that. At the same time, I'm at, at the also at the problem of these people, if they aren't here to vote, they should there shouldn't be a vote in their slot. That's my own personal opinion. And I also I also want to take a moment to applaud the people who traveled the hardest distance for, to come to this caucus. And that was the, the two delegates from Puerto Rico who came and participated in this convention. Because they well, had to come all the way from no, Puerto Rico. There was the one from Alaska. He was selling the snow cones out there, remember? Oh, yeah. And and him, too. You know, these people that come from far away over the oceans, over another country, in some yeah. instances, to get here. And I did, I did laugh when uh, they were talking about ending nighttime delivery and that Alaskan guy got up there and said, well, if you did that, we'd have uh, 15 days where we wouldn't deliver. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious well if i'd have heard that i'd have said well you would be considered a city route in westchester <laughs> <laughs> so all right but anything else it, from national yeah it, it was uh again I, I i'm glad for james to go through through the toughest convention he'll ever face and and he did it with pride and dignity and and we're proud of him Yes, we are. And, and, and in a suit, something I don't wear. In a suit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. I got that text from Bill that morning going, you're not going to recognize James. And I'm like, huh? And then I look up, I'm like, whoa. Where, where, where'd you come from? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a rural carrier. I don't wear a suit. I don't wear a suit because I'm about delivering the mail, and I'm not going to go out there and get a suit dirty in an LLV on dirt roads. And especially not in the summertime. Whew, I'd die a heat stroke in the first hour. <laughs> Trust me, I, I, I saw him and I'm like, who the hell is that? Right? Right? <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, so 
it was a good convention. A lot of a lot of things hashed out professionally amongst amongst the delegates. You know, there was no need for a WWE ring this year. Hmm. Yeah, so <laughs> I saw I saw posts about having cage matches between people, and I had to laugh about that. But uh, that definitely would have made it a little bit more interesting. Oh God, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, imagine, you imagine how much money Pac would raise for that? Oh, I know, right? Maybe we should pass it on to the uh, National Pack Chair. Hey, we need to do this. I'm sure you'd raise tons of money. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's maybe that's how we elect our next uh, officers. You know, put them in a cage match. <laughs> I'm game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We do not promote violence on this channel. Cage, we do not cage, promote violence. A cage match is not violence. It's entertainment. Okay. Yes, and every move is planned to perfection. And choreographed and scripted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, guys. So if we let's, have let's nothing more on, to... on national convention, we're gonna briefly talk about the upcoming mini mail survey. I, as with the past one, the mini mail survey is counting the bare minimum. This is where, you know, the, the days of the old mail counts are gone. I have Jane? the, uh, I have the, um, pre-survey, uh, stand-up talk that okay. the, um, postmasters were, are supposed to be reading to you no later than Thursday, August 24th. So you should be having a stand-up talk if you haven't already, because they issued it on August 15th. But... The gist of it is the mini mail survey will be from August 25th, a, a Friday, through September 8th. And the reason why they are including that Friday is because of the holiday. Now, you're going to get holiday volumes on that Tuesday, so that's going to help benefit your mini mail survey. But it starts on the morning of Friday the 25th and will conclude at end of shift Friday, September 8th. All rural routes are included in this survey. Management will conduct the mini mail survey. Craft employer, employees working in EAS higher level assignments may conduct that, the required activities, provided they have received appropriate training and have a PS form 1723 on file. The office walk distances will be measured jointly by the carrier and a manager. This means manually measured with a wheel. I have heard talks of it being digital now with the scanners, but I'm sorry, most buildings are a Faraday cage when it comes to GPS signals. That's not gonna happen. Don't, don't let them uh, tell you otherwise. It is a manual measurement with a wheel. Random letters, random flats, PARS 3982 labels, and miscellaneous office activity will be counted or timed daily and entered into RMSS no later than close of business on the current day. Letters pulled from DPS hold mail or closed school businesses will be counted as random letters at the same time that they arrive. So if you have a business that is closed on a Saturday or a school that is closed, not only will you get the DPS credit for it that day, you will also get a random mail credit for that day. We'll, we'll talk about that in a short bit. The daily volume worksheet will be provided to the carrier upon completion no later than the morning 
the, follow, the morning following the day's entries. The weekly summary worksheet will be provided at the end of the survey period for review. Change of addresses, carrier cases must be checked by management on the day preceding the start of the mini mail survey to prevent PARS labels from being included that were not printed on that very first Friday. At the conclusion of the survey, if a regular desires to elect high option, should the option be available, they must indicate it on the mini mail survey summary and toggle change to yes in route settings. That's on the management side. Management has to toggle that you want the high option. So I would recommend the carriers actually sit there and say, I want high option. Can you show me you toggling the high option, please? So discussion. Let's start with that, and then we'll go back to the uh, closed business. Didn't you get a, a message, Bill, about wanting to choose the high or low option for your route? Yes, I, at Wildlife Convention, I got a text message from my supervisor asking if I wanted the high-low option. And I questioned her as, you know, since I'm a 67.34-hour K route and I have 25 years in, what option do I have? A J59? I mean, you know, it, it, the thing of it is that you can't select an option until the mini-mail survey is done. So... You know where did this come from this this is the management team leading my office this is this is a woman when i asked her about a radar report she says what is that so folks you know educate yourselves please because the people above you they're clueless and you know if you don't protect yourself nobody will you know the biggest thing about this is this is your money all those scans you've been inputting for the last six months are part of your money. We've got a full year going into this one because of the six months prior to the last mini mail survey plus this six months. So we now have almost 52 weeks worth of data going into this system. And of course, you're not going to get the full evaluation that your route actually deserves with this one. It'll still be lower than what you should be, but it will should work its way up if you've been doing your scans when you haven't been, or if you haven't been doing all the scans and now you have been, things like that. Now the mini mail survey, make sure you keep track. Remember, the DPS errors include your UBM, include your your forward, your um Miss Sorts, Miss Sense. Miss Sorts, Miss Sense. Upside down. Upside down is uh, one for every four upside down. You get one random letter for every four upside down that you have. Um, you know, and don't forget, upside don't down or inverted. Don't forget the yeah. schools and businesses closed on Saturdays. Yep, and we'll get into that here in just a moment. But everything you pull out of your DPS should be counted as as uh, DPS errors and as a random letter. So make sure you're getting the count for that and, and things like and, that. And as a topic of discussion for the mini mail survey, you know, everything we do in the office is only supposed to represent 6%. So please, people, don't believe that you're going to jump back up to where you were. That's not going to happen. But at least you can take back some of what you lost. 
if you're doing all the scans and you're doing all the the missorts, missense, UBBMs, if you're doing your job, you'll go back up a little. Not a lot, because again, what you're doing is only going to represent the six to eight percent of your total evaluation. And I Maybe hate to 10. be the I hate to be the Debbie Downer on it, but since the last official mail count in 2018, prior to the Rex implementation, mail volumes have gone down significantly in most areas. So you also have to remember that fact. Parcels, on the other hand, depending on where you're at, I do understand offices that have lost Amazon and offices that have gained Amazon since. Offices like mine who had, we had Amazon, we dropped a little, quite a bit for a, for a few months, um, right around the time of the last mini mail survey, and then it came back with a vengeance a couple months ago, and it hasn't let up. I mean, all these variables, So, but for, but for a fr true, as long as you're doing all the scans, not just the six, but all the scans that apply to your route, when they apply to your route, yeah, I'll have to remember, it is going to take a full year, a full 52-week cycle for these evaluations to finally kind of even out to where they actually should be. Right. And if I'm wrong, and please please correct me. I would say, like Bill and was saying, the, the survey is only 6% of the evaluation. What you get in these two weeks, the only difference it'll make is if you're within a minute or two of the next evaluation up or down. Correct. It could be yeah, the difference of 43 or 44K, or 43 to 42K, depending on what those numbers are. But the bulk of it, 95% is already set through the end of run or radar reports your, and your data entry into the scanner. Of that 6% is the walk distances in the office through the survey wheel. From Josh, you're case, getting a little difficult to understand. Like Josh was saying, that's okay. 6%. That 6% is, is a small drop in the bucket. And at most, if you have a lot of random letters, a large walking distance, uh, all the numbers are a lot higher than other offices. You may get a maximum of 15 minutes added to your route with the mini mail survey. Right. I, I would say 1% of that six is the walking distances in the office. And that's from the center of your case to wherever the point is and back for most of them. So the next part is your closed businesses and schools. Now, they came out with an MOU, and this MOU came from both the Postal Service and the union. And in the original agreement, they had agreed that back when the, mini, when the counts were happening, that DPS closed schools or business letter mail received during a mail count would be based on the number of pieces received. If seven or less pieces were received, the letters would be credited as random letters. And if eight or more were received, credit would be given as a parcel. The REX system has required a change to the above due to the application of new route standards. Effective with the next mini mail survey, if DPS letter mail is received for a closed school or business, 
whether cased or taken to the street, each piece will be credited as a random letter mail piece on the day the mail is received. So you will be getting two credits in office on the same day. You will get the DPS credit and the random mail credit. So you're going to get a double dipping on the day you receive it instead of getting that unscanned parcel credit. However, it says in the office because in the mail count, it was a credit in the office. So carrier discretion, how you want to apply that. We're not going to tell you one way or the other, but make sure any, any scans you input into your scanner, you can back up with facts. And this will actually not back up your facts on the unscanned parcel in that instance. So make sure you're, you're doing the proper procedure and getting the credit. Plus, I believe if you add it up and you have eight letters, that is actually in the random credit, it is actually eight letters is equal to one unscanned parcel credit in the mailbox. So just just remember that. There was also an MOU that was released this week um, pertaining to Rx. And this will uh, supersede the MOU signed March 31st relative to the rural route evaluations under the rural route evaluation compensation system, Rx. The first rural route evaluations under Rx were implemented on May 6, 2023. And the second route evaluations will be effective October 7th, which is also the beginning of the new guarantee period. I'm adding that in. <clears throat> Utilizing volume data during the 52-week period, September 9th, 2022 through September 8th, 2023, along with many mail survey data collected August 25th through September 8th, 2023, Beginning with the second rural route evaluations, the parties have agreed to a modification to the route coverage calculation consisting of three changes. Route coverage will be calculated by averaging the daily coverage values for the 52-week period. Daily route coverage will be calculated separately for all regular boxes, and daily route coverage will be calculated separately for all centralized boxes. I know that was a big one with this last one was those that coverage for those CBUs. The parties also agree that by the end of the calendar year, route coverage will be displayed on available daily reporting. The interim methodology for calculation of the drive speed utilizing the authorized miles and the route stops excluding traffic control points to determine the average interval for the subsequent application of the standard from the drive speed matrix will continue to be utilized should the rural route not have available mapping information at the time of the evaluation. Additionally, the previously agreed upon average time to be applied to parcel deliveries to the door will continue to be used when mapped data is unavailable. Either party may request to reevaluate this interim RX methodology at any time. Rural routes will be evaluated every six months following the evaluation effective October 7, 2023. The beginning of the first full pay period in April and October, respectively, will be <coughs> the effective date of all future rural route evaluations unless the parties agree otherwise. The volume data collection period will consist of 52 weeks, which will end on the last day of the pay period, 
two full pay periods prior to the April and October effective dates. The mini mail survey data will be collected during the last 12 working days of the 52-week period. Thus, the new rural route evaluations will be effective at the beginning of the third full pay period following the completion of data collection period. The provisions set forth in the MOU do not restrict the parties from negotiating changes to RRECs should the opportunities arise based on future advancements in technology. So there's the other second update we have on that that came out this week. Um, I get that will be a good thing for those of you that have centralized boxes uh, and regular boxes. Those will be averaged separately, which is ideal, I do believe. There was that big issue there with the CBUs. Uh, what was the other one I was going to bring up? Let me go back through. So the mapping. You're looking up, mapping please, um, I know my office wants to have the mapping done prior to the mini mail survey starting. If you look um, on the website, when it has the timeline for everything, you do have until the end of close of business day, September 8th, to make sure that all your mapping is back up to date for it to be effect in this evaluation. Uh, I would definitely get with your management and make sure every single one of you carriers are sitting down with management under end of shift duties to make sure that your mapping is up to date and correct. And if they are not letting you get a hold of your DR immediately. I wanted to, we had a question in the chat yeah. about why do... Oh. Government vehicles get the walking distance from the case to the vehicle and back, and POVs don't. That walking distance in the, is supposed to be when you clock in, first thing you do is go out and do an inspection of your vehicle for the government vehicles to verify there is no ev evidence of an issue that they need to write, it needs to be written up and have made vehicle maintenance come out and repair it. POVs, you're supposed to check your vehicle and keep it route ready when you arrive. So that's why you don't get that um, credit, that walking distance credit. But, but you do get time, minute to minute, second to second, from the time you leave your case to go load your vehicle to the time you return to your case under the start load vehicle and end load vehicles. So it doesn't matter how far you have to walk, you're getting the time it takes you to walk that distance instead of the measurements. And it's actually more value under the time than it is the walking distance. Correct. Because depending on how much you have to push out there, you might be walking a lot slower than you would if you were just walking out there to inspect a vehicle. And Especially <laughs> your 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 mo your your conveyance method that uh, yeah. you know everybody's different. I know some offices that use the steel cages, the wires. They use the nutting carts. They use uh, we have pumpkins and hampers. and hampers. We have pumpkins and hampers. I know some office. I know my previous office. They don't longer use them. They use the wire cages. But at that time, we used APCs. I mean, it really just you know, how, what it takes you to load is what it takes you to load. No, there are no benchmarks for loading times. 
There are no benchmarks for end of shift duties. There, you know, those are recorded actual time for a reason. Your end of shift duties can include are supposed to include your edit book updating, your your case labels, your mapping. Those are all done. Do not let your postmasters and your management tell you that you have to click over to PM casing to do any of that stuff. PM casing stops the clock. There are only two instances that you use PM casing. That is if you are casing mail that came in later that day for the next day, i.e. box holders if you case them, something that you may have had permission to curtail for the next day, which is a rarity anymore, and second trips. And from a personal point of view, benchmarking should be illegal on a national average. It should be averaged on your route. That's the only benchmark should be set. But them using national averages is bullshit. And don't yeah. edit that and out. <laughs> I agree. I actually agree with that 100%. Because this is your route. This is not This is not a national route. This is your route. This is specific issues that occur on your route only. You know, if you're sitting there and you're getting fires and things like that, or you're constantly having people moving out, you're going to have a higher time at the end of shift duties than if you're in a state that doesn't have people moving out or you're on a route that doesn't have people changing all the time. If you have a route that's fully trailer parks that people change out all the time, you're going to spend more time on the end of route than you are of somebody who has a neighborhood of single-family homes that has young couples in them because that was their first house they bought after they had kids. So there's a lot of lot of variables in each route that we do, and that's what makes this rural craft so amazing is that even though we do the same job, each route is so enough different that they actually are entertaining yeah. to some Each people. route is unique in its own way. And I'm going to put this right. out here on the mapping too. If you do not have any edit book changes for the month, Yes, I know it is possible. I have my primary and my aux route had no changes for this month. You still need to go in and download your DPM and double check and make sure everything's still correct and still run your LTM every month, even if you have no edit book changes. Because there could be changes in there that you didn't didn't realize were in there. And go through every single address in your in your DPM because I've had addresses say that they're vacant when they aren't. Or I caught an error this last month. I caught an error on mine where my uh, authorized dismount hardship was a completely different address on my route than the one it actually is. So I had to get that changed. So exactly. there's there's errors that occur with this program. So you need to go in and check it out. And don't say I would excuse that we don't have the time to do it. That's their responsibility to make that time. Absolutely. And if if they aren't, talk to your designated union rep. One more thing with loading. With a POV, you may not have a parking space when you get there in the morning or to leave your truck right up against near the loading area. So once you get your everything pulled down in the conveyance, you roll that conveyance out, 
to the loading area, you include that time to walk to your POV and drive it back to the, the dock or loading area that you use to load up your vehicle. Yes. And that includes into shift duties when you come in and if you have to park separately from where you unload, that is included in your end of shift duties. You, you, as soon as you get back and where you park to unload and as soon as you turn that vehicle off and you hit the return to DU, your end of shift duties start then and do not end until you clock out or you have to hit PM casing. So if you have to park a vehicle in a different spot from where you unload, that is included in your end of shift duties. All right, guys, I think we're going to try and wrap this up for tonight. And if there's anything else you want to add real quick on the upcoming mini mail survey, go ahead, do it now. Just remember, it's your money, so monitor it as best you can. Because if there are any problems with what's going on with your inputs or your mini mail survey, you need to be getting a hold of your designated union representative and letting them know what's going on because it may not be occurring in just your office. It may be other offices because management has a habit of if it's happening in one office, it's probably happening in others because they're just as confused on this stuff as most carriers are. And they're getting this information from people who also weren't trained, as I talked about in a previous episode, even the regional director is not passing the, all the information down to the district level. So you need to be monitoring what's happening with your paycheck. Everything you do affects your paycheck. So make sure you're doing everything you legitimately can do to help your paycheck. Trust no one. Verify everything. And also, uh, email went out to all management across the board. The radar report is to be printed and placed in a prominent place in the office on a daily basis, just not uh, during the mini mail survey, but every single day. I wish they digitized that so they wouldn't be wasting so much paper. I did bring up that up to my supervisor yesterday um, when I got back from the route. She hadn't seen the email yet, but then she found it, and she did print those off. We found a place to hang them. I will make sure it gets announced to everybody tomorrow. But, yes, it is definitely that is something that's supposed to be done every single day, regardless, so can, in or out of I, an email survey. I would just recommend asking your supervisor, postmaster, manager, where that designated spot is going to be. So on that note, Josh, anything else you want to say tonight? I'm forever holding my peace. All right. Uh, we hope you have a good week. <laughs> I plan on it. I know you said I was breaking up earlier. This is going to be a short week. I already took off tomorrow because I wasn't planning on being back until later yesterday or today. So I had the one, you know, that had that extra day to recoup. I worked Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm off Thursday for appointments work Friday and then 
Saturday, me and the wife have plans, so it's a short week. If you get overwhelmed, take a step back, take a deep breath, step back in. Have a good week. See you all next time. James, your last final commentary for the evening. Well, I am glad to be going back to my route and to my customers after a week at National Convention. And it definitely did not feel like a vacation there for sure. But had good company while I was there. So that was really made it a lot easier to handle and had people to talk to, met some great people. So I'm looking forward to the next one in Reno, Nevada when that comes up. So I'm sure that one's going to be just as passionate. So I'm hoping for a really good convention next year. Honestly, I'm looking forward to this mini mail survey and getting the results back because I believe that a lot of carriers are going to see their numbers go up. So I'm hopeful for a good couple of weeks mini mail survey with a lot of paperwork coming through. And a lot of people are upset about this system, but we need to do one thing, and that is be one craft, be one voice, be one union. We're all in this together, and we need to support each other no matter what's going on. And if things are not going the way they're supposed to be doing, and management is telling you things that they shouldn't be, especially uh, harassing you about scans, get with your designated union rep. Get the help, because it's a, a nationwide epidemic that management has harassing carriers over these scans, and we need to put a stop to it. So do your best. Hopefully your routes go up like I expect them to. And we'll talk to you guys on the next episode. Bill, your final words for this evening. Well, you know, I, I have to thank uh, Josh there for because I used his strategy during my nomination speech. I almost pulled the podium apart <laughs> and I stepped back visibly, stepped back. I did from the podium and then step back in, you know, and finished off my nominations acceptance. And it was the funniest thing because, it, you know, it, you know, it, it, it works. You have to step back and take a breath and, you know, gather yourself again. Thanks for all the support and love I get, we got from the people. You know, I have to point out, you know, how much James and Kristen, you know, did for me, Kristen's friends. It, it was awesome. It was an awesome experience. And, uh, I wish the results were more to our liking, but that's the democratic process, folks. So that's why we have to get involved, because the fact that we have to turn this union around to represent the carriers. That's what the, that's the only purpose for our national leadership is to represent, educate, and promote the carriers. So everybody have a good week. Be safe. Hydrate. Take care of each other. Look out for each other. And step up for those who, you know, aren't strong enough to step up for themselves. Be a witness for them, okay? Everybody be safe. Everybody be safe. Remember, you're the most important delivery of the day. Get home to your loved ones because that's the most important part of your day, getting home to them. God bless you all. Thank you, guys. I'm just glad I was able to help one person. <laughs> <laughs> and I need I needed the help because I had a guarding angel over my left shoulder at every caucus. <laughs> yes, yes, you did. And I wasn't standing behind you on that stage during your nomination speech. So <laughs> but again, I want to thank these guys again. 
convention is not a party. It is work. I I am still recovering. Like I said I got home late Friday night. Had to be back and run. A, luckily, I just had one the run run the one route. It was a fairly easy day. I was clocked out by two p.m. It felt weird, honestly. Right back in it tomorrow. Starting to train our one RCA that started a month ago. Unfortunately, fell ill. He is back tomorrow. Thank you. And I, our regular carrier will be retiring at the end of the month. And then it's just going to be a matter of waiting for that route to get posted. So you imagine that episode when I announce I go full time is going to be, you know, we'll, we'll have the fireworks going off or something. Um, it's coming, oh, well, people. It's coming. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll congratulate you and commiserate with you because you'll be a regular and you're going to take a pay cut. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I don't know. I might break close to even beginning. As of right now, it's a 45K. I don't see it dropping. I am going to be watching like a hawk during this mini mail survey. I am going to be on that RCA that's going to be holding it down, you know, to continuously because I have not run this route since they started in April. So. Am I a little worried? Yes and no. We'll see what happens. You know, as long as it stays between the 43, 42, and the 45 that it is, I, I'll be happy. But other than that, guys, have a safe week. We will be back next week. Data collected August 25th through...